Five with Glenn Curry, sponsored by Herringer's Contracting, the roof people who call you back. This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. Uh, no, leave the headsets off for now. We, we, we won't take phone calls just yet, but uh, we have a couple of uh, esteemed guests in the uh, AM 1240, uh, <laughs> AM 1240 studio. It's John Moyer and Ken Eisman with us today to talk about something exceptionally important to the community. And, uh, you know, we, we'll play it by ear, John, like we said on the phone, how long we'll talk, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll cover the bases here, uh, because John's been in here for, I don't know how many reasons in the past, just six months alone. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, without further delay, let's do this, if I can. And, and Ken, you haven't been in here, Ken Eisman. You, 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 the last time you were here, at least with me, was back in 015, 016, when uh, you were talking about uh, uh, those under 40 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Yeah, go, and that was that was the last time. But you now work at the Northern New York Community Foundation as the director of communications, and uh, you've been working there for five years. Yes, and they are in what was the old uh, Black River Valley Club. On yes, uh, yes, uh, beautiful place. Uh, I, I know it well, Georgian style building. I remember that because when I did the history of Watertown back. John, move over just a little bit. Oh, actually, no, stay right there. Let's see if this reaches over to you. Um, but, uh, yeah, 1905, I believe, that building was built. And, of course, it's got a rich history. 1905? 1905. It's not that. It's oh, not you're talking in, about Black River Valley. Black River Valley Club, yeah. And it's funny because as far as downtown is concerned, that's like yesterday. I mean, you know, it was 1905. <laughs> but uh, Georgian-style, beautiful place, went into disrepair. They sold it. And you guys, obviously, I haven't been in there in a gazillion years, but I'm sure it looks really yeah, nice in there, Ken. Building. Yeah. Yes, it was kind of a uh, modernization, but with historic preservation in mind mm -hmm. so the original character the architectural value of that building was preserved yet the the infrastructure was modernized to accommodate our staff and you know modern internet an elevator things we had to do to wow. invest in the building um but when you walk in the character of the old is still very still much alive. So the the actual foundation was created, if I'm not mistaken, by my Mr. Walker. Is that correct, or am I, no. I missing? Okay, uh, well, sorry. The, the Northern New York Community Foundation's history goes back to 1929. Wow. And um, a, a, an experiment was uh, underway in Cleveland, Ohio. The Community Foundation movement really began in earnest in Cleveland, mm -hmm. and um, a uh, gentleman in Northern New York. Uh, heard what was going on in Cleveland and uh, 
hopped a train and went out there and investigated and, and brought the the idea back to northern New York. So mm-hmm. we're one of the one of the earlier community foundations in the country. Wow. Today there are over a thousand community foundations. Hmm. Um, really, our boss, our executive director, likes to describe it as the democratization of hmm. philanthropy. Because if you think about the 1920s, right, um, roaring 20s, a lot of the philanthrop- philanthropic activity in America was sure. monopolized by the the Carnegie Carnegies, the Rockefellers, right. the Fords, mm-hmm. the the folks who we all know from history had vast sums of money, mm-hmm. and they were doing philanthropic things. Right. The concept of a community foundation is any donor of any means gives to the community foundation and the money is pooled mm. into a larger endowment for for good, to do good works in the community. Mm. And through our history, we've become the Northern New York Community Foundation. From 1929 to today, we have been in continuous operation and have expanded our service area to serve Jefferson, Lewis, and St. Lawrence counties. Well, that's incredible. That and so, uh, uh, did you pass your 100 year anniversary yet, or, or what was uh, it? Two, 2029. Twenty Okay, so sorry, you said that. So are you five years away from a uh, big, big celebration. We're, think, we're thinking ahead already to five years from now, what that might look like. We have a lot of a lot of history to uh, sure. to, to that's well documented. But um, where were you some, before the when you moved into the Black River Valley? Where, yeah, where was your location? The, be? What is now the Barton and the Judas Building? Oh, across the street. But it was HSBC Bank Building. Right. They occupied um, some office suites. Yeah. In that building. Right, right. And do you occupy that? I mean, because the Black River Valley Building Club building is huge. Do you occupy the whole building? So the front facing street facing structure mm-hmm. is what we saved. Okay. And then the the structure that included the ballroom, right. that was met with the wrecking ball because it did not have as high an architectural value hmm. and we needed a parking lot and it would have been a lot more space to maintain. Hmm. And then we built on to the back of the structure we saved mm-hmm. to put the elevator in the new yeah okay so the, i didn't the, realize the, that the new footprint contains the elevator right and the footprint is the same on all three floors bathrooms and plumbing and all that infrastructure is easiest to develop mm-hmm. in the form of new construction right retrofitting a, a building that old with no. an elevator would have been nightmarish yeah but yeah. um they so then the parking lot the ballroom building that portion was right. was demolished but we saved what is considered the main part, the main part of, part of the building, which actually in the history of that building, mm-hmm. what we saved was built second. The building that was torn down was built first. Oh, interesting! And then the street-facing building came later hmm. in its history. Wow! And the two buildings were merged, right. were connected rather. Right. And but we took that down and then put in the more yes, modern way you can modernized access. Modernized and but if you walk through there, they very intentionally left a lot of the character of the building and revealed some features of the building. That were masked with, you know, paneling and carpet and mm-hmm. some beautiful marble flooring in the in the old foyer right. was uncovered. A, a beautiful stained glass uh, dome. Yes, uh, some great architectural features that make it a, a, a really special place to work. And we we share the space. Mm-hmm. We have on the third floor is the nonprofit collaboration floor. So we have uh, three other small nonprofits lease space from us good, good. um you know below market rate we can do that for non-profit, non-profit organizations yeah. and 
the Food Bank of Central New York, which does tremendous work up here mm-hmm. in our three counties, they have a little office extension office right. in our building, and mm-hmm. as well as uh, take the lead and uh, the Association for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Awesome of Central New York. Well, that's great. And uh, and but today you're 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 in cahoots with with John Morgan. John, I, I alluded to this. I literally talked about it earlier. You've been here for. At least two other reasons, one of which, of course, is the Italian-American Club, yeah. the Bravo Fest, and you've been here for many times for that. And then just about uh, maybe two, three months ago, you were here with Mike Sherman, former coach of the uh, uh, Packers. That's correct. And uh, step up to the microphone just a little bit closer. Yeah, there you go. Uh, in that, uh, you, you know, this proposed, uh, uh, you know, event, event center out there in the town of Houndsfield on Route 3 there. So you, I spoke to you earlier today. We're not here for that, of course, but Mike Sherman was here with you and two, maybe three other people, including Mike Campbell from Sackets Harbor. And you're saying that you're getting uh, closer and closer to that big event. Yes, uh, we are. And uh, it, I think you're going to see some action here soon, very soon. Okay. Uh, our, our problem was getting in talking to the governor. Right. Uh, and we've overcome that now. So did you tell the governor you're you're not a Republican because he won't give you the money if you're a Republican, John? We, we have a nonpartisan committee. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So today, uh, John reached out to me about a week ago or so to talk about the the Jefferson County business uh, businesses rather against drugs. Uh, so that you know, Ken is here as part of the community foundation. You're here for, for as part of what though, John? You wear a lot of hats. Well, I'm the uh, I'm the head of it. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I'm the president. And, uh, you know, we, we've spoken about, you know, uh, uh, Anita's been on this show, Jeff's show, you know who Anita is, uh, talking about pivot, drug issues and so forth. Uh, it's a problem. It was a, definitely a big problem during COVID. It seemed like when we spoke with uh, Steve Jennings prior to COVID in 1819, it seems things were on, were on the up and up. And, and by that, I mean, that's a bad example, but it seems like things were, 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 were okay in terms of ODs and drug issues, and then COVID came along and really derailed us. Would you agree with that, John? Yes, I agree with that. And, and that, uh, you know, uh, COVID just gave a lot of people a lot of reasons to do to get into bad habits. Unfortunately. Yes, and, uh, and that never goes away. Uh, and it's amazing because just as a, as a background, I know someone I'm, I'm talking to right now that's trying to start a business, and he had uh, addiction issues himself. And uh, he says it's not easy. And this is a smart guy. He's starting a business on out of Washington Street. But to, so what exactly are, are you know, what, what, what's all of this about? I mean, how well, are we going to uh, combat this, John? But going back to 2018, yeah. uh, I'm the Grand Knight for the Knights of Columbus. And I had an idea mm-hmm. that we needed to do something different than what's being done. Mm-hmm. And what's being done, you know, I don't get some people upset here. They do a fabulous job, cradle, yeah, sure. uh, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, but the problem that we had, and I met with all those people when I decided to go on this, and uh, they all agreed with me that what they were doing is not the same as what we're going to do. And what we do, what, what my goal was to get into the schools and talk to the kids at a young age mm-hmm. and tell them exactly what the problem is mm-hmm. in taking drugs and how it can take over your life and actually ruin your life and it could also kill you. Yeah, sure, sure. And, yeah. uh, and, and actually, and in many unfortunately, uh, people get strokes or heart attacks at a young age as a result of it. And Anything it, it debilitates happen. them forever. Yeah. Anything can happen. So, Ken, how are you, how are you getting involved in all this I mean, through the Community Foundation? The Community Foundation um, partners with, with John and Jefferson County Businesses Against Drugs in the form of uh, we are the charitable organization that partners with John as a 
I think it's a, a partner, a charitable fund that mm-hmm. is held at the community foundation for fundraising purposes and uh, administration of the programs that John and the and the team at JC Jefferson County Businesses Against Drugs mm-hmm. what they're doing in the schools we support it by way of all the philanthropic means that we can bring to bear to encourage donors to help with this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times at the Community Foundation, we uh, we will partner with folks who have great ideas, and our role really is to convene people in the community mm-hmm. who can make an enduring difference, mm-hmm. whether it's through financial means or through non-financial means, through action, mm-hmm. um, getting into the schools, educating our youth. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, when John and the Jefferson County Businesses Against Drugs team, mm-hmm. when they hatched this idea, right. I was the immediate past Grand Night, and John had taken over. So John and I have a relationship in forming this organization mm-hmm. back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And the Community Foundation was just a very logical partner, a place that can steward charitable gifts on behalf of the the project and the effort and we have helped to tell the story of what this organization is trying to accomplish Hmm. and you know if you reach if you reach one or two students even just one student Mm -hmm. and you prevent that student from heading down a path Mm -hmm. of Mm self-destruction then the work is paid for itself Mm -hmm. um you know i have have great personal experience in this issue um, uh, with family and, and friends. And I, I, I lived what we're seeing today with the legalization of marijuana yeah, has, a, has a great deal of unintended consequences for our young people. Sure. You don't know what form a student might ingest mm-hmm. THC that is going to make them become quickly become addicted to mm-hmm. a substance reliant um reliant on it the means by which they'll go to obtain mm-hmm. i mean it could be in what you and i might think is a haribo gummy bear right exactly but it could be laced with 30 percent thc and you or the student mm-hmm. or the teacher or the parent may not even know it mm-hmm. so the ubiquitous nature by which this is now available to mm-hmm. younger people mm-hmm. is is both frightening and mm-hmm. something that John and his team are really trying to bring education to bear in this marketplace in the tri in the Jefferson County sure. to start. I mean, if mm-hmm. if they're successful, I could see this eventually reaching other counties. But for now, what they're trying to do and what they have done mm-hmm. through motivational speakers in the schools, they've reached thousands of young people mm-hmm. with with quality programming. Um, and it's not adults preaching to children. Mm-hmm. John and his team, they didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. There's enough of that in the schools already. Mm-hmm. Students aren't going to listen to more of that. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to listen to some of the speakers who he has recruited to come in and talk to the students. People who have stories that these kids might see themselves headed down that slippery slope. Right. Um, Tony, Tony Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Is a yeah, former, and that, former BMX bike racer, right. uh, Olympian mm-hmm. in uh, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the the uh, Brazilian Olympic Games, and, uh, and he he actually was up here actually this past fall in October. Is he coming I, back up again? Yeah, he's been up here three times already. And, yeah, uh, 
He's the he's a uh, pro BMX athlete and Olympic team coach. Good looking dude. He's in very good shape. I'm going to take a good guess that at one time or another that he almost lost his life to drugs. Or yes, he did. That's typical uh, of what happens. He, yeah, yeah that's it. And, he, and as a matter of fact, when he talks to the students, he's given his life story mm-hmm. and how he got addicted right. and how he graduated to from marijuana to the high school. He got to keep going up. Right. And uh, ended up in prison. Served three years. Wow. And and uh, that's like Tim Allen from uh, from Tool Time, or, right? You know, yeah. he was in jail for three years for cocaine. You would never know that, but you know he, that was obviously yeah. a downside of his life back in the uh, and like 80s. so many with Tony Hoffman, his yeah. his uh, criminal activity accelerated from drug use to breaking and entering, and mm-hmm. that is what led him into prison. Mm-hmm. Right? But he has completely turned his life around mm-hmm. and become a, a motivational speaker and does this for a living well yeah. you know it's just the other day so they were talking about it in the lobby earlier what's his name jelly roll or jelly pop whatever he's got tattoos on his face uh yeah there he is right there he is uh born and raised i believe in from memphis ten- tennessee uh and he himself came from a world of drugs and alcohol and uh he was on capitol hill just last week advocating for more research uh but and i'm just in and again guys don't take this in the wrong way but sometimes I have to be the devil's advocate, and I think you'll know where I'm going with this. When I hear money's spent either from philanthropic, you know, from the community foundation, or money here, d- does that buy Narcan cans, or what does that do? I mean, I, 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 enabling, and we can get into this whole legalization of marijuana, how it's become the gateway uh, plus five, you know, because now people say, oh, it's fine. I walk along the streets, uh, particularly in the summer months down in Public Square, and I smell marijuana all the time. I feel like yeah. I'm at a, a Grateful Dead concert. So I got to ask you, this is an uphill battle. You both know that. It's no surprise that anyone who advocates against drugs is a person that was almost lost his or her life to drugs. And that's the type of person you listen to because they've lived that experience. But it seems as if the one thing that I have a problem with is when we go to kids, and I'm just being very you know, yeah. open about this, when we go to kids... They, they've never tr- touched a, a, you know, a beer before in their lives. They never went to a frat party at, uh, you know, at Oswego. We were talking earlier and, and so forth. So they don't have that mindset of exactly how stupid you get when you get to an adult age, Ken. And then someone says, hey, you want to try some pot? Hey, I got some gummy bears. Oh, I heard about them. Now we have vaping, which is legal. You can get high on that. Right. It looks like someone's head's on fire when they're driving by in a car. So th- I'm getting to the point here where it's, is this work? Does this work in your opinion, Ken? I think the, the, that fundamental question is always a question. Um, and and the, the results are in the numbers why it started so young is a key component to the success, the early success that this program is seeing. Entering into the equation, not going in and talking to seniors in high school, juniors, even freshmen and sophomore, but right. middle school students. Mm-hmm. Getting the student, catching the students before a problem becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, because of how easy it is to obtain. THC will just pick on marijuana as a substance of choice today. Mm-hmm. How easy it is to obtain that for young young people. Right. It, it's it's frightening. I yeah. mean, if someone's 21 of age, right. they want to have kickback with with that substance, right, sure. beer or whatever. That's their choice. They have a they have that choice to make for themselves. Mm-hmm. But when those choices are made for our youth and our mm-hmm. children, that's when it becomes frightening. It does. A little story behind that is is one of the sessions that 
Tony had for us mm-hmm. at Watertown High School. Mm-hmm. And he has a question and answer period right after he does his, his thing. Mm-hmm. And he was amazed about the kids that told him that they were thinking of trying drugs mm. because their friends were. Right, of course. Peer pressure. And, right. And uh, and he made it very clear to them you know, that they're not your friends. Mm. You need to separate yourself from them mm-hmm. because sooner or later they may even kill you. Right, right, right. And these days, I mean, again, I, at my <clears throat> age, I never really heard anything about fentanyl. Yes, of course, we had marijuana. Where I'm from, we had something called angel dust. People were, you know, freaking out on it, jumping off buildings, thinking that they were Superman or something. And that's bad enough. Heroin was, you know, stuff like, oh, don't go there. Don't go to Harlem. They got a bunch of heroin in there. So, you know, we're aware of it. But today, you can smoke a marijuana uh, joint, with, and it could be laced with something like fentanyl. That stuff can never existed in our time. So mm-hmm. no, is that part of the curriculum when you warn people that even a marrow, even even a joint, and I'm sorry, I'm just being street lingo, you know, friendly right. here, uh, could kill you, right, Ken? Well, and it's even that the today's marijuana that is on the street is so much stronger yeah, than right. when yeah. than when uh, I would say than when my sisters were, were but, young. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, I'm kidding, but yeah, when yeah. when we were young. Sure. You know, I'm almost, I'll be 50 in less than two months. And Mm -hmm. it was not really, you know, it was whatever. People did it occasionally. They were branded, oh, that person's a pothead, stay away from them. But now it is everywhere that you can fathom. Mm -hmm. Um, I lived in Denver, Colorado for eight years. Mm. And I lived in Denver through what was, uh, what is often referred to as the green rush. Mm. You know, like the gold rush. It was the green rush. The legalization and uh, both medically and recreationally, mm-hmm. and with it has come mm-hmm. an, an inordinate number of unintended consequences, sure. up to and including the Denver metropolitan area's ability to recruit and retain Fortune 500 companies mm. that want to employ right. drug-free employees. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having a really hard time wow. being a magnet for those types of companies now mm-hmm. because they can't get the workforce. Mm. It's got tremendous trickle-down impacts to a region's economy, so. workforce development issues, mm-hmm. productivity. Mm-hmm. But all of that aside, <laughs> yeah. you got yeah. a middle school student right. who's handed a pack of gummy bears. Right. He or she thinks it's gummy bears. Right. looks like gummy bears. They ingest it. They don't know what it is. Uh that's a whole other set of problems. Mm-hmm. So, and and teachers are being trained to look out for these things. Right. But well, education is the core component of what John is trying to accomplish, and, and doing it at a young age. Yeah, definitely. But but again, not. I, I got to be the the spoiler here. Is that uh, it's all great intentions, but once you get, I, here, and here's why I say this: I was an innocent kid myself, believe it or not. Uh, but once I got it off on my own, went to college, you know, and you didn't have mom and dad checking you out and making sure you got home before two o'clock in the morning, which I would do because that was the, those were the rules. And, and then you just say, I'm an adult now. I'm going to do this. Uh, I just think that peer pressure, like you mentioned before, is is a number one reason why they do it, plus curiosity. And then as they get older, they you know you, you drink something, a glass of wine, and your inhibitions come down, and you accept that. You know, Len Bias, for instance, you, you probably don't remember. You you remember Len? Len Bias was uh, he was drafted by the Boston Celtics from the University of Maryland, I believe, back in the '80s, 
And uh, he was drafted, no, number one draft pick. He had a huge career ahead of him. And he went out that night to celebrate, took crack cocaine, died of a heart attack. He was like six foot nine, yeah. six foot ten. Yeah. And uh, Red Auerbach said, we didn't lose Len Byers for a year. We lost Len Byers for 10, 12, 15 years. Now, he was talking more or less about the future success of the Boston Celtics, and that's who Red Auerbach was. But it was just an example of a good kid that never did that stuff before. But because of the impact of knowing, hey, I'm an NBA star, I'm going to be a millionaire, even back then, uh, it just went to his head. So I think that one moment you can't get back. And there's an example of this. I won't say where, but it happened in Watertown like three, four years ago. Um, a, a guy came in, did some cocaine. Uh, they had some coke on him. The woman took it. She started going into convulsions, a cardiac arrest. He, he attempted to give her a mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. There was enough fentanyl from her mouth. That killed them both. I remember and, and, that. That wasn't that long ago, John. No. That, it, to me, and I, you, you can't do this because it would be a scare tactic that, of course, people wouldn't allow. But it, could you tell a kid in a classroom that that could happen to you or your best friend? Could you show pictures of someone? Maybe not necessarily the one that happened locally. But back in the day, they would show a, a, a smacked up car in front of the Watertown High School. Right. This is what happens when you drink and drive. Would they ever go? Because that would scare the heck out of me at 16, 17 years old, John. It should. It, it should. should yeah. yeah. A picture it, of someone with froth coming out of their mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Will it happen? No, I don't think it will. you got to get them, get them out of the classroom and into their own private little area like we do. Mm-hmm. And get them in the auditorium and let a professional speak to these kids. Ken, Ken has been to a couple of them. And I can say when Tony Hoffman starts his program. Right. You can't hear a pin drop in that auditorium. I'm sure. And I, am I right or wrong? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it, yes. So they, it, the it, students it is are, amazing what he does, how he connects the kids. And they're captivated. You, It's very silent. Yeah. I got to do a break here. Let's do a break. Let's do the whole sure. hour, obviously, guys, because we're, we're talking uh, to uh, John Morger and Ken Eisman. Ken, am I saying your name last name right? Because you, you, yes. lo- you got yes. a lot of consonants yes. in there and Very, vowels at the same yeah. time. I get screwed up by that sometimes. But uh, we'll be back. Uh, a good conversation about what's going on with the Community Foundation. Of course, John Morger's here. And uh, we'll be back right after this. Are you having a case of the Mondays? Does your workplace home or 788 uh, we're back. Uh, Kenneth Eisman, Director of Communications at the uh, Northern New York uh, Community Foundation. And, of course, John Morger. John, you have your signature here, but you don't have your title. Give us your title. I'm the president of the uh, organization. Uh, and that is the Jefferson County Business Businesses Against Drugs. That's correct. And how long is I didn't ask you this. How long has that been in, in operation? We, we, we started in uh, 2018. Okay, all right. I'm sorry, you did say that. We were yes. out two, two and a half years because of COVID situation. So we're starting to back up again. So why did you get involved in this, John? I was concerned. I knew a lot of people that were taking drugs, young boys. Young kids, yeah. Young kids. And they're saying, we, had, we have to do something to let people know, especially their parents. They need to talk to their kids more mm-hmm. than what they're doing. And we're finding out that uh, you know, a lot of these kids start taking drugs in their own home. Mm-hmm. Pills. Right, right. Or like, you know, it's the liquor cabinet. Uh, exactly. Get, exactly. Right, right. Exactly. That, that's why it's important that they have a dialogue with their children. Sure. Yeah. On a daily basis if they could. Yeah. Um, I mean, have you had experiences in your own family, in your own circle of anyone? Well, who's I was there? going to bring that up a little later. I just got off the phone with my nephew uh, you could uh, bring 45 it up, yeah. minutes ago. Yeah. Who lives in Utica, and he just lost his uh, his daughter hmm. to drugs. How old was she? 
Must have been young. She was no, she was not young. She was in thirty-four years old. Okay, that's young. Yeah. But left down behind four children. Wow. Who will never see their mother again. Right. And right. that just happened. It just happened a couple of days ago, and I just called them tonight before I came here, just to talk to him and see how he was doing. And, and he's, uh, it must be beside he's, himself. He's in law enforcement. Oh boy, yeah. And uh, it, which yeah. made it twice as bad. And, uh, and we had a nice talk, and uh, he's quieted down a little bit, and uh, he's getting over the situation. And, mm-hmm. uh, the problem now is the kids. Right, right. And, four uh, kids, four, four children. Four children. Wow. I mean, and, yeah. And it, it, it's it's sad, but it, you know it's going to happen, and it has happened. So there's other agencies in town. Pivot's one of them. There's others. Do you guys cross paths at all, Ken? Together? Oh yeah. They. The board that John has put together involves representatives from several of those agencies. Um, Bill Bowman from Pivot, uh, the Alliance for Better Communities, the, those folks routinely meet with John and the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the work we're doing is not done in a vacuum. It's very important that we communicate across right. the respective silos so that we all in the community, I mean, we're all in the same, we're all fighting the same. Sure. Battle. War. War, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Um, well, that's what back under Reagan. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, Jim. The first guy I talked to was uh, Jimmy Scordo, who was at that yeah, time right. my head of Cradle. Right. And, uh, well, and you got to change your letterhead because it says, well, this is an old uh, Sarah Campo Pierce, Watertown City Council person. <laughs> uh, obviously, she's the mayor. John Gaffney, uh, Knights of Columbus. J- uh, Jim Frazier, also from the Knights of Columbus. Right. Charles Donahue, Chief Police City uh, of Watertown, of course. Joe Butler. Uh, I don't know if that's junior or senior. That's junior. That's junior. Uh, John Bushalot, who who ran for a, a, a sheriff some time ago. Was in, 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 in I remember that with you. Yes. Back in 2013, I believe. Yep. Uh, Mike Clark, John Morja, yourself. And we can't forget the guy who's running the foundation, uh, uh, Randy Richardson. Yes. <laughs> Randy without a Y. That's correct. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> uh, he's who is the executive director of the Northern New York Community Foundation, an all-around good guy. I've known him for many, many years. So um, when, when, when do we suspect that what collectively everyone, including yourself, Pivot, and other organizations, aren't doing enough? It must, it's, 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 like I said at the outset, it's an uphill battle. But you said earlier, Ken, if we can help one person— at the end of the day, you don't even know in the future if that's going to happen. So I guess the mindset is, as long as you do this and reach, you're going to reach more than one person, by the way. But if you don't do it, Ken, that's when things really go to crap. Is that we, correct? We fail. Yeah, right. Well, we that fail. means you didn't try. Because even when yeah. you try, people like your nephew, unfortunately, or your family member there, 34-year-old woman, she probably was in these meetings at one time or another. I don't know about her addiction, her she, history. She did clean herself up once, but got right back in. There. And we see that so many times. Yeah, I, I see the show called Intervention, and I know you've seen this. It's a mm-hmm. Canadian company that does. By the way, most of the uh, of those shows in HDTV, and one, they're all done out of Canada. I don't know why, but they, they do an ex- exceptional job. And I sit there, and I am enthralled with how they, they, they show this person with like liver spots in their face. Yeah. They're in their 20s or 30s. And at the end... It's the not ba- pretty. It's, it's <laughs> ugly. And, then yeah. the, and I've been at an intervention. And by the way, it wasn't for me. Anyway, and I'll be outward. It was my father. It was in 1991. 
And uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to him because he was in his 60s at the time. And he, you know, he stopped right then and there. We never thought it was going to happen. He was just a beer drinker. It was all vanilla, always beer, just beer, but he just wouldn't stop. He wouldn't stop at an older age. And if he hadn't done that, he would never have seen age 70. And if he did, he'd probably be in a wheelchair. So I get back to earlier, do we show pictures just like we show a wrecked car from a DWI incident that took the life of one or maybe two, three other people? Watertown, uh, Watertown High School did that every year. There was a car out no, front there. Right. Through the In fact, sad group, right? Yeah, right, right, yeah. Uh, right. Uh, uh, students against drunk driving, mothers against right. drunk driving. Right. I don't know if they do that anymore. But my, I guess here's my point. Scare tactics work, right, Ken? To a point. I think what works even more successfully today is someone with a personal experience who can connect. That experience mm-hmm. resonates with a student, with a young person. A, a sliver from their life is a... Is, uh, connection to the person who is telling his or her story. Right. I think that the anecdotal experiential right. uh, programming right. that, that John and his team are trying to bring to this community, right. that is the type of programming that is different from the shock and awe of sad bringing a, a wrecked car from Dobbins uh, right, right. salvage yard into the schoolyard. Right. Um, we're he, John and his team are bringing uh, people who have endured real life consequences for mm. their own destructive decisions and they are um you know uh a, a testament of don't do what i did right 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 um right. And, and the anecdotal experience is yeah. really it's been effective john can explain mm-hmm. the letters the feedback from students the the notes to tony hoffman um tony can't even go outside and watch these kids get back on the bus without being overrun by students who just love his program. He's a rock and, star and when, he, when they he, see him. He, yeah, he really. does well, and something about his program has, has resonated hmm. with students in Jefferson County where it's been presented. Hmm. And he he's John and his team have brought him back three times now. Three times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but, John, you said not to interrupt, but this is important. It's not cheap to bring John in. He's 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 well sought after he has expenses he is you know i was i was kidding earlier it seems like drugs have no, actually benefited is, him because is, yeah yeah he, this is what he does for a living right so he's not going to come up here to watertown new york right. and do it for nothing right no, he lives in california he lives so. in california right no he well he moved to texas oh did he oh yeah, he didn't well, like the taxes out there he didn't like the way things are going right in, right, in, right in that state but anyways uh it's expensive to bring this guy up here sure. for one one event, right? And if we do two events, which we have done before, mm-hmm. uh, there's an add-on. There's no question about that. Mm, yeah, sure. But we were very very fortunate in the early stages of this uh, program to get a fifty thousand dollar grant from Senator Pat Ritchie. Nice, uh, which was very helpful. And then I went out personally and raised quite a few thousand dollars myself. Do they? And, and that's what we're in now, and, and we're trying to bring this to bring it back. Because we are going to do a fundraiser. So and that's that's where the Community Foundation's partnership aligns with John's work and mission. Right. We steward those charitable dollars. Nice. Um, and donors uh, get the benefit of tax deductibility should they choose to support this effort because the gifts in support of these programs mm-hmm. come to the Community Foundation. John and his team are not taking any money. They're not taking donations themselves. The money is... Uh, stewarded at the community foundation on behalf of his organization to do the good works that his organization is attempting to do 
countywide. Let me let me let me see. Would would that mean that the community foundation is almost a bank to not non for profits that are looking to have programs like this? Ken, I mean, do they say okay, based on your parameters, you meet all the guidelines, we'll allocate this amount of money from our foundation for you? Is that how it works, or am I way off? Well, the community foundation, we don't always contribute foundation dollars into all of the funds. John and his team came to Randy and the foundation and said they had this idea. We met them where we could support the idea by offering for them Mm -hmm. to establish a charitable fund Mm -hmm. with an initial gift that created the fund and we steward it. It grows. When a fund reaches a certain point, it, the, the fund holder has an option to invest the fund. It can grow. Um, Mm-hmm. We we have a wide range of options, but but that's part of what community foundations do. Mm-hmm. We are here for our communities, mm-hmm. whatever those problems and challenges our communities face. Right. We want to be adaptable, flexible, mm-hmm. and nimble mm-hmm. to respond to those challenges that are that are evolving. We don't know what the challenges mm-hmm. in twenty thirty years might be. Right. It sure. might be a new drug right. that's yeah. on the street. It might not be marijuana. We might one day be talking about marijuana in the same way we talk about alcohol. Right. You ever notice we say drugs and alcohol? Right, right. Now yeah. it's kind of grouped. We, to, yeah. It could be that's drugs and alcohol and, and gum- marijuana and gummies. And gummies. I mean, <laughs> it, it, where does it end? But right. our role is to charitably steward the uh, financial resources that support quality programming that John and his team are bringing that, to town. Which explains why both of you are here in tandem. Go ahead. Uh, this is why we're different than in any other organization, such as Pivot, mm-hmm. Cradle, and so on and so forth. Is we have our goal is to educate mm-hmm. the children that are in school. Their goal is to help those who are already can. Gotcha. Drugs. Yeah, right, right. Like there's a big difference there. Right. But like we do it. work together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah and, and there's a lot of us, you know, a lot of you know, guys that are recovering go to their services. I'm going to take this phone call. We got two people here. Here's the thing we have one headset. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm not prepared, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to take this call and then I'll probably just I'll put it on, John. At least one of you can hear this. T- uh, yeah, tell me if you can hear my voice. You can hear my voice through yeah. that. Okay, good. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're in the air. Thanks for waiting. Hey, Glenn. How you- Got to be brief. I'm running out of time. It's Lefty. What's happening? Yeah, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real brief. I I, I want to, uh, you know, say that I, I'm very uh, overwhelmed by your guests, and I, I appreciate what they're doing. But I hate to hear any types of a false narrative put out there. So they'll understand. Gate a gateway drug is not marijuana. It's been proven not to. The largest gateway drug in the United States and in the world is alcohol. Now you can call it not a drug. You can call it separate. You can do whatever. But it isn't marijuana. In fact, when you see any of these celebrity rehabs or interventions or any of that stuff, when people get off hard drugs, they're actually allowed and encouraged to smoke marijuana. Uh, so I okay. want to make sure that we get uh, that. Okay. Is that... And that goes, and that one, one more thing, that yeah. goes under the same thing. It's not a disease. You, you can never put that as a disease. Drug abuse is a choice. I agree. It's not a disease. I agree. So we just got to make sure they're not on there. A quick analogy, then I'll let you go. If someone's dropped off in a desert island and they're a drug addict and they have nothing but food and water and shelter, Six months, they're going to be clean and the best health they're ever in. You do that to a diabetic who has a disease, they die. We can't compare them that way. No, I agree. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. Bye-bye. All right. That's... uh Okay, so it's it, basically challenging the whole aspect of gateway uh, drugs. We're not here for that, obviously, but go neither, go ahead. Neither uh, John nor I right. had referred to... Any, Maybe I any, did. We, we, <laughs> neither of us have right, said right, in right. your program yeah. today that 
a gateway drug. We're not classifying drugs into gateway drug. A, a drug is a drug is a drug. Right. And if it leads to a student, a child, right. making a destructive decision that right. is life-altering and mm-hmm. permanent, that is what this program is here to help mitigate. I agree. All right, let me uh, take this last phone call. Hi, you're in the air. Hi, uh, Glenn. This is your non-lawyer friend. Yes. I uh, commend your two, two gentlemen there. Um, however, you're in conflict with uh, the organization on uh, Franklin Street that as a, I, I think I've never seen it, but uh, he used to be a councilman. Uh, he's um, yeah, P- Steve, Gen- the, uh, Steve Jennings. Yeah, they they uh, they have a shoot. You can shoot up. Uh, they have pea needles and things like that, and they enable people to keep going. They say, "Where's the recovery? Where's the?" Uh, I will address that. I, I'm just running out of time, but very good question. So, what people are saying, at least the last phone call, is: Are we enable? I mean, again, we, you guys are here for preventive purposes. You guys are here, right. p- particularly for young students in grade school, high school, and whatnot. Uh, and, and others are challenging this whole aspect of, you know, what works and what doesn't work. And, and are you are, are, do you feel at any given time, guys, that what you guys are attempting to do is enabling people to get into drugs? Are you looking at it that way at all, Ken? Probably right. not. Not at all. So I think we can address that. Well, okay, I'm sorry. So, the, the question again? Uh, I, I, because they, they, he was talking about other organizations uh, that were, they were providing, for instance, I believe this is uh, through the county. What are your thoughts about if you're going to provide hypodermics? And they do this in Amsterdam for many years, and they do it out in California, blue states. We're in a blue state. Sometimes they say, oh, you got a drug problem, we'll take care of you. In the meantime, have a clean uh, <laughs> a hypodermic. Don't use one that might have you know, HIV on it. Or is that, in your opinion, Ken, enabling? And that, we're not here for that, but I would no. say that's enabling. I, I, I don't have any experience in that arena, so right. I, I can't really answer that. So, so, um, so often I, I, when we have this discussion, this type of stuff, particularly right, on a right. talk show on a conservative radio station, that's the type of rhetoric. That, so how can we differentiate what you guys are doing as opposed to what Steve Jennings is doing, what Anita is doing at Pivot? It's, I think you described right. it before, John. It's completely yeah, different. It's, completely, it's an educational program simply in the schools right? and trying to educate kids mm-hmm. that that isn't the way to go. With drugs. And this isn't free because guys like Tony cost money. That's why. You, that's why you work with uh, uh, Ken and the foundation to make it happen. And we're and we're helping John bring philanthropic resources in our communities, right, to bear to help with this with this uh, challenge. We're, that we're we're eventually, we're going to hit every business in Jefferson County. And that's why it's called Jefferson County. That's Against why drugs. it's called uh, uh, Jefferson County businesses against drugs. Excellent. And we're going to find out on how people can partake and find out more information for that matter, make donations to this worthwhile cause. In the meantime, i got to do my final break because we're running out of time. That's how fast things go around here. Uh, you're listening to the Live at Five show. We'll be back right after this. Hey, y'all. It's Carolina Chuck. Wait a minute. Department of Health. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, we are just talking about how Randy Richardson wears a lot of hats. He's, he's on the school board. He's, he's the director, uh, like you mentioned. And um, he's done a lot of great things for the flower statue in Lower yeah. uh, Washington Street, uh, many others. Um, just an incredible... I mean, did, did he ever win one of those awards? Can we give him a Shapiro Award? Is that... He, he, he definitely he deserves earn, it. He, he earned it. Yeah, he did win it. 21 years ago, he can, was a Shapiro Award. Yes, he was. Can you win it twice? I mean, you should give it to guys like Randy Richardson. You know, it's, it's like... 
Why not? Why not? Why Sometimes not? they start looking for people that were like, what did you do? Well, I delivered food the other day to the he poor. Could be in yeah, Athena here's a Shapiro award. award. Right, right. He could be in Athena. Right. Yeah, he could that be in Athena. Exactly. That, that's yeah. not just for women. Well, yeah. It's not just for women? No. Is, no, is that where we're at right now? We're giving the oh, Athena no, Award to men no. right now? No, uh, no I'm ah. not. <laughs> the, the Athena Award is for anyone who does great work. Really? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know that. Uh, so oh, I, I nominate Glenn Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I haven't won an award in my, in my well, at least as far as that's concerned, <laughs> uh, towards you know uh, the betterment of society and whatnot. Uh, but uh, Randy clearly is the guy. All right. So with, with the remaining uh, couple of minutes, you know, the ultimate question is, how can people help? How can people get involved with all this, John? Well, that they can give me a phone call directly until our website is back up and. Uh, if they get on the website, I'll let you know when that happens. Yeah, so give the can, website again. I know it's an acronym. That's at jcbad.org. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, which, it'll be that. So, sounds like a Genesis really song. <laughs> Kenny, it, 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 it should be it. up and running again by the end of this week. We had to transfer yeah. the domain to a new host and just technical. Right. It's up and, it'll be yeah. up and running. And, that, and, that'll, short and that, it'll tell you how to donate money and so on. I tell you what, but, it's like an act of Congress when you move a website to another domain uh, uh, provider. You, you gotta you gotta jump through hoops. So I know that's there not easy. There were some hoops today that yeah. I discovered we didn't yet know. But donors, folks who want to contribute and help out in this in this arena, can also Center. do so by making a gift to the Northern New York Community mm-hmm. Foundation. So and poor they can designate, Bad. designate their gift to Jefferson County Businesses Against Drugs. And uh, the Tony guy, Tony, what's his name? Tony Robbins. When's he Tony, coming back? Tony Hoffman. Tony Hoffman. <laughs> he's uh, Tony Hoffman. That's like. My sister-in-law's last name is. It doesn't sound like he's from from South America with a name like no, that. No, he's from California. He's from, oh, 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 I thought he was of uh, foreign descent. Whichever. Tony Robbins would be out of our price point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tony Robbins price. always talks like this. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so okay, so uh, terrible story. I'm sorry about your your niece. Or, Thank you. Yeah, that's but but you know, and John, you know, a prominent name like yourself. It, it uh, you know drugs do not discriminate as far as social economic family backgrounds. You no, can you can come from really hardship. You can come from you know, the wrong side of the track, but you can come from you know the the gold side with you know nest, you know with, with a good life. But drugs still affects us all, right, John? No question about it. Um, do you think that we're wrong, Ken? In taxing, you know, looking at, well, at marijuana, everyone's, well, a lot of people smoke it anyway. We, we might as well tax it like a scene at a dragnet. It's like it's going to happen anyway. It seems as if that's, you know, you're, comedy, you're appeasing to constituents, particularly young people. And you also apparently from the New York State supposed to get, you know, at least 15, 20, maybe 25 percent on this. I don't know what the rate is. But, you know, do you think that justifies why, why we have these uh, why we have legalized uh, marijuana? That is perhaps the the logic in in choosing to go that way. If you look at the Colorado model as an example, the cost that the state is has incurred since recreational legalization, the costs on all of the unintended consequences have far eclipsed the tax revenue. Mm. So they're bringing in Big less tax revenue than what they're spending to get people back on track with their lives so you're talking about the colorado thing we, we got who's someone's phone is ringing. uh right. we we got uh we, the, the, you know colorado is in a in a in a fix right now because they can't get qualified uh laborers or workers to to work as a result of the lack of production because of legalized marijuana over the years they were one of the first states to do it 
Um, well, I mean, what I was saying is that they're having a hard time retaining and recruiting. It's a workforce development issue for many employers in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. From friends I have who are, are and, and family who live in Colorado. Yeah. And how long has Colorado had legalized marijuana? Because you, you, you've been here for a while. Well, I lived in Colorado during that whole process, and I moved back home here to where I grew up in 2010. So it was in, the, like, from 2000, I want to say, 5 to 10 in that time frame. Isn't that something? we got 30 um, seconds left. Went. Give the website again, John. JCBAD.org. And uh, how, can we, how can people learn more about the Community Foundation, Ken Eisman? Uh, NNYCF.org. That's the acronym for Northern New York Community Foundation. So NNYC. Since 1929. Philanthropic is our yes. business. We're in the uh, Black River Valley Club, uh, formerly. All right, guys, thank you very much. I've got nine seconds left to do this. Uh, you've been listening to a great show. Once again, John Moyer, Ken Eisman, thanks for being on the show. AM 1240 WHN. What a time makes us legal. Up next, CBS News. See you tomorrow. Thanks, thanks Brian. This yep. is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Monica Ricks.